Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to AI Movie Night. Yeah, I know, it's weird. I'm hosting a movie night pod. It's never happened before. It probably won't ever happen again. We've got a new host in Jessel. I hope you enjoy um, the movie night pod going forward. But for this one time only, one night only, basically, basically, I thought we had to cover a movie because the Star Wars pods have done so well in the past and we've covered all of the new ones that have come out. I really wanted to get in and cover this one. The movie's out now on, I think, Blu-ray and DVD, uh, Solo, A Star Wars Story. And who better to cover it than myself with the two Star Wars boys that we had made into a team over the last two or three years. Um, Andy Wales. Andy, how you doing? I'm not so bad, Gags. This is like the Rolling Stones having like their last hurrah, yeah. reunion tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the next time we're together, we'll probably be with Jessel because uh, he's a big Star Wars fan as well. So it'll be it'll be fine when we do it. Uh, there'll be no problems. So um, and returning to Anfield Index on a podcast after a long, long time is Mr. Joe Simpson. Warm welcome, Joe. How you doing? Oh, thanks, mate. And uh, thanks very much for having me back on. Uh, it's great, always great talking to you guys, especially about something like Star Wars. I know you were originally trying to get Moby and the Daglishes on, but yeah, <laughs> they're, they're not big fans of Star Wars, so I'm glad that me and Andy can come back and get the old team together. That's it, that's it. And uh, Joe's not hosting this time. He's asked to be a guest so he can relax. So that's brilliant. <laughs> Joe, um, you know what? This movie, uh, I don't know if you heard all the pre-movie stuff. This one had so many problems. It had so many issues, and I think yeah. they changed directors as well. I mean, that the original directors, uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, I, I think yeah. they they made a couple of big movies, haven't they? And uh, I think Twenty One Jump Street was theirs, wasn't it? So yeah, they they were actually removed from the movie. I mean, creative differences in in in, in quotation marks, but the story was that they were going way too comedic with Han Solo as a character. And 
the writer, I think Andy pointed it out, I think the writer who was also involved in, I think, Return of the Jedi, was it, Andy? Yeah, Return of the yeah, Jedi, yeah. And, and maybe Empire Strikes, Strikes Back as well. And he I was, think, I, I think he did Raiders of the Lost Ark too. So yeah. basically, this guy's worked with Lucasfilm for a long, long time, and therefore, uh, Kennedy, I think Kathleen Kennedy, is it? They, they, they work together yeah. for a long time. They know each other very well. There's a lot of, you know, respect there as well. And he was like, no, this is, this, we cannot do this. This guy's supposed to be sarcastic. You know, he's not supposed to be funny. You know, and he's supposed to be selfish. He can't be a funny guy. It just can't be. So, who did they get in? Ron Howard. So, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, that's that's a first, right? It's a, in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> it's been such a smooth sale, hasn't it? The last what four, five, six, however long it's been since they revamped it all. It's been quite good. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that leaps out at me is. I, what I'd, I'd like to know, and obviously you never ever get the, the the full picture on these things, you know. Even when the autobiographies come out, it's obviously everyone's got their own version of what really happened. But I think for me, what I'd like to know is had they had they been upfront about what they wanted from Lord and Miller from the outset? Because I would say if you get Lord and Miller in to do a Star Wars film it's going to be very comedic just by the nature of who who you're asking to do the film. So I would like to think if they did end up getting rid of them because of that, I hope that what they asked for was something more serious and then Lord and Miller went back to, you know, you know what, they, what their forte probably is at this stage of, of being comedic because I think otherwise it's quite unfair to, if you're getting somebody who's one of their main talents is, you know, inventive comedy and then you're asking them to bring that to the Star Wars world I think it would be probably be unfair to then get rid of them but on the other hand I I, I agree with you I don't think Solo for me it, whilst obviously there's, there's a lot of humour in this film and there's humour throughout the Star Wars film I do think there's a point at which that would be too much for, for my taste but you know I suppose we'll never know the reality, but as you say, they got Ron Howard in, you know, an extremely safe pair of hands. Uh, I really like a lot of his films. So, and I think obviously it's not all his work, but I think together I'd say they've done a good job, you know, I'd mm. say overall, I'd say it's a, it's a good film. And Andy, that's what I wanted to ask you. Did you, did it seem like a very edited, edited movie or did it seem like a movie that was made the way it should be? You know, like, did it seem like it was cut up or whatever or did, did Ron do a, you know, a really good job with it in, in the end? I enjoyed it. I just say, it, I mean, I'm not all fair with all the different directors and everything like that, but I actually remember 21 Jump Street, the TV series. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that was completely different to the movie in, in so much as like I was, oh my word, I didn't want to watch the movie seeing, you know, seeing what yeah. it was about. Because I haven't watched the, the TV series. Uh, it was a it was a young, energized cop, you know, a cop drama. Yeah. And being changed into something completely different. So, so you worried that this is what's going to happen. Wars, right. yeah, if that's what they were doing with Star Wars, that would have made it into something else. And I guess they've got to protect, you know, the brand yeah. that is Star Wars. And, yeah, like, you know, you mentioned, there's people that have been involved all the way through, you know, for years and years and years, know it inside out, 
Yeah. And they've got to protect its legacy. And if it's not right, then, you know, regardless of um, how how it seems to the outside, it's got that decision's got to be made. It's got to be made. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, yeah. I never went in. That was it. I, see, I never went in with any sort of preconceived no. notions or looking there, up there was no hype was there anything like that there was no hype though no. there was no hype it no. was it was just basically i only knew that it would this stuff had happened because it comes up on instagram because i follow star wars so they yeah. you know they released this news that oh we've, we've let go of these and you're like oh shit this film's gonna yeah. be fucked but what my point is to you is when you watched it you didn't you didn't then pick up on anything that seemed cut up it was just well yeah 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 it didn't it didn't feel like um there's, there's half a movie and yeah. then somebody else took it on and put yeah. a half a movie onto it. No, me it too. felt like a complete movie. Yes, me too. Uh, it does. I mean, it would be interesting. Like Joe said, you know, it would be interesting to find out and whether any of the original stuff is still in there or not. Bits it, that are, would be interesting to find out. Yeah. But no, it was, it was fun yeah. and it, and it was just like what Star Wars, all the Star Wars movies are. And that is it's, it's fantasy, it's adventure there's a bit of romance, there's a bit of drama, there's bits of comedy, but just like Joe mentioned, it's it's about how much comedy and how it's used and how much of it is used. And uh, and I felt like the balance was was about right. So what you both enjoy or, or be interested to know is uh, a character, I think Dryden, Dryden Voss was supposed to be played by Michael K. Williams and he yeah, was yeah. played by him. And guess what? They removed the entire... They removed him from the movie and Paul Bettany was actually, you know, he was added to the film after, you know, some of the film was already shot. So, so the, all those bits are new. All those are reshoots. Ron Howard contacted him or he contacted Ron Howard and said, if you've got anything like that on Star Wars, I'll, I'll join. And he was like, yeah, we, we do need someone actually as a villain. And he's like, fine. But a whole character or a whole, you know, the, the same character played by a whole different <laughs> actor was removed from this film. <laughs> you can't even tell, to be honest. So, you know, that's quite interesting. Yeah, we're just saying that at the time, that was just another thing that I heard where I was like, that's not a good sign as well. I think it's it's come out now, could be wrong. Oh, here, it's I because think, he couldn't come. He, it's he because couldn't, he was. He couldn't do the, that's right. He couldn't do the reshoot. Yeah, he couldn't do the reshoot. But yeah. even so, uh, cause, because the nature of anything like that, they will always make a reason like that normally rather than right. saying, oh, someone walked out or someone got fired. So you never know what you can trust, really. Oh, and it was and a feline alien creature, not like yeah. Bettany was. So CGI. it was going to be CGI. Yeah. But but don't get me wrong, Michael K. Williams is, is brilliant, he but is. Paul Bettany it just steals the show for me in this film. He's, he's, so, he's so good in everything he does. But I know, I love him. It, I, I haven't seen him be a bad guy in a long time, and he's so good at turning from, you know, being relatively nice and he's got a natural charm to just be a menacing and I think you know whilst it's sad that Michael K Williams didn't get to be in it I think they, they've replaced him with someone of the highest caliber there well you know what we'll come back to him because he's definitely on the list <laughs> to be talked about later but obviously let's move on with the movie uh it did like it, it didn't do very well in the box office 300 odd um I think 392 million dollars um it was way below what solo um what rogue one did and also obviously way way below what the star wars movies pull in over a billion pounds i think not even dollars pounds they go in so this has kind of really scared 
uh, Lucasfilm and Disney, and they've kind of cancelled loads of films. <laughs> so <laughs> they've cancelled a whole load. So yeah, we, we'll be sad, but uh, we'll get to what this movie did for us in a bit. But obviously, there's a whole cast to talk about. And the big story, obviously, in this one is all about uh, Alden. I, uh, Aaron Reich, is that how I would say it? Andy, you were practicing before. (laughs) How would you say his name? The Alden Aaron Reich. Aaron Reich, there you go. Aaron Reich. Aaron Reich, there you go. What a a name. What a name for Han Solo. But okay, let's call him Solo because it's easy for us. Yeah. (laughs) The young Solo because it's much easier. So, okay, so Alden's role. Andy, we'll come to you first. What did you think of him? Because, um, Obviously, this character's loved man by us all. He's possibly everyone's favourite in all the Star Wars originals. You know, he's everybody's favourite because of how he's played. It's Harrison Ford, for, for for God's sake, you know, who doesn't love him in, in everything he really does, especially in those in that era, all the trilogy type of movies he was making. Everybody loved him in all of them. So this is a this character, in fact, is something treasured by many our age and older than us. So this was you know, big shoes to fill for Alden. And, you know, I mean, how did he do in your, you know, in, in, in your view? I thought he did well. Now, I, I, you're absolutely right in what you say. You know, you go back and Han Solo was one of the favourite characters for, for everyone. You know, even though Luke Skywalker is the lead, you know, hero, good guy, everybody was drawn towards Han Solo because he had that sort of magnetic charisma on screen. And Harrison Ford had so many great movies, and and it is that because we we've grown up with these Star Wars, we go back to these Star Wars movies, we go back to them, a part of our childhood. That is that that connection, that emotional connection to that that character is played by that actor, and so it's you know Han Solo is Harrison Ford, and vice versa. And for so so for someone else to step in, it is difficult, and and I think. It's kind of smart that, I mean, is is an actor I'd never heard of. I'd, I wouldn't have seen him in any of the other stuff that he's done. And that probably works better than getting a well-known actor to step in. Because, the, I, I don't know why, I think if maybe if someone a little bit, little more well-known, maybe there's a, there's a slight resentment, you know, how dare you come in and take on that role. Whereas someone completely... Um, you know, from left field, a, a really lesser known actor. And I think you go open mind and it's, they, they, it's a difficult thing to, to do, to step in and, and become such a, a well-known character that the, the whole world is familiar with and to take on that role. But I, I thought he, I thought he, he did it well. He had, you know, the smile, the, the little, the, the kind of that, that cheeky look, you know, that, the rogue that is Han Solo, that the character, I think he he had a lot of the mannerisms, off to a T, and it's obviously it's it's not Harrison Ford, but yeah, I I thought he I thought he carried it off pretty well. I think you know Harrison Ford lost a few inches, maybe you know in height wise, uh, Joe. But I think with this guy, the other thing was when they when they uh, screen tested him, and he did his audition apparently against all the other guys that tried for this role, he he nailed the imitation so well that they they had to just go with him. Now, from my point of view, because this is a young solo, you can get away with a little bit because it's it's the young guy, you know? He doesn't have to be exactly the same as the guy when he's 
stuck in his ways and has all that experience, you know? So it can be someone who's developing that. And you saw that as well. You saw him being called kid by Woody Harrelson all the time. He was the kid in this one. And towards the end, he then started using it on, uh, in, in this nest is, nest is it? He started using that on, on her. So there was one development I saw, like, you know, that he uses kid a lot in all the other films all the time, doesn't he? Calls Luke kid all the time, doesn't he? So from that, I thought there was a development that showed something different. What did you think of, of solo in this, a young solo in this and how he played it? Yeah. Um, I, I think at the time when they were talking about who was going to get the role, I was, I was worried because a bit like you, you've touched on there, you know, it, Harrison Ford is irreplaceable. There's, there's nobody like him, you know, uh, of any era. He, 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 I know everybody's unique, but he really is unique. You know, the, you know, you, you know, certain actors you can say, get me a such and such type. There, there is no Harrison Ford type because he, he, He's got everything really. He's, he's, he, in a lot of his roles, he's sort of strong, strong and silent and doesn't talk much. But he's also got this amazing charisma that you obviously see in the Star Wars films and that's very hard to do. And I think what I liked, Andy mentioned it before, I liked that whilst I'd heard of, of Alden, I'm not going to try and say that name, but, um, whilst <laughs> I'd heard of him, come I'm on, not convinced on. I could pull it off. <laughs> I've I've heard of, I'd heard of him and I knew he was one of those next great things. I'd never seen him and I think that that worried me to be honest, even though I'd heard the hype. But when I've eventually saw the film, I just think he's got so much charisma and he really pulls off. I'm glad he didn't do you know, sometimes you see people do basically an impression of someone mm. who's older. I'm glad he didn't. I think he made it his own. But he still brought elements of Ford solo into it, you know, particularly the, the, the cockiness. And I just think he pulls that off so well, but he's also got a sort of charm that makes you, you like him as well. And I, I just think he's, he's very, very watchable. He's very watchable. And obviously I look out for him in other films now. Yeah, me too. I, when I watched it, I was shocked. I was really, really scared watching this and the first time I watched this Fabinho ruined the movie because <laughs> I watched this straight after Champions League final I landed on the Sunday I think Monday I took the kids to watch the film and they bloody signed Fabinho didn't they and that was it my phone was going off my hand well, my head was in my phone the film was going I didn't get to watch it so I had to go again the next day or the day after to watch it on my own uh once more so I then got to watch it properly and and I have to say you know um he, he, he was, he was fantastic. He really was as a Han Solo. He was very, very good. Like the, some of the points I made earlier, I just thought he nailed it. The mannerisms, like Andy said, the acting, um, the, the slimy stuff of getting out of things. Like when he first meets Chewie, you know, and we'll get onto that in a bit. And, you know, just, it was all there. It was all there because people probably don't actually say that about him, slimy. But if you watch, especially like in um, the first, the first of the latest ones, uh, I keep forgetting the name. Of, um, Jesus, what was it called? The first Star Wars that we just got back, the new ones. 
The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. He was he was trying to slime out of deals, wasn't he? Like uh Kanja Club turns up and he's like, No. You know, he's like, he's been trying to be well slimy. Like, I never said that. And then the Kanja Club does How do we always get back to Kanja Club guys? <laughs> always yeah, get How can you not everything in life comes back to it, doesn't it, really? <laughs> oh, the Kanja the Kanja Club. Alright, anyway, we gotta get out of this. Where were they in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. They're in the sequel, which won't ever happen now, unfortunately. They're, they're models, bosses. Kanja Club, a Star Wars movie. Star Wars movie. A Star, a Star Wars story. <laughs> That's the one. You know what? And then I just thought, I just thought he, um, yeah, he he played it to a T. I can't explain exactly what, but there were so many bits where, and he looks like him. He makes faces like him. Uh, he's shocked like him. And just the, just the whole thing, very is, the difference in this one was, he was very loyal to, uh, to, to, to Kira, you know, very loyal. Yeah. The whole way, but that was because he's a kid and that's what we'll get to with Kira as well. I think we'll discuss the relationship between them as a, as a separate bit. But obviously, if you've got Han Solo and you've got to have Chewbacca. So, Joe, I'm going to start with you and Chewbacca first because, not only is the, if it's a Han Solo movie, it's a Chewbacca origin story also. Um, so as in with him, uh, obviously we don't know everything about where he was, where he's born, but he's obviously locked up, isn't he? <laughs> By yeah. the Imperial Army or whatever it's called. So he's, 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 um, held and that's where they meet. So what did you think of the scene and uh, everything that went by? Cause I love this. Loved it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That. Totally loved it. I loved how. You know, uh, obviously you, 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 you think it's going to be chewy when he goes down there, but you're not 100% sure. And then when he comes out of the shadows, and, and I think sometimes what's good as well is the way that the soldiers up above and the way it's built up. I think sometimes it's easy to forget because you love them so much. How, how, how scary a character Chewbacca is. Or should you know, be. Potentially. Or should be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 you know, it, it, you know, as as we see in the film, he can rip people's arms off and things. You know what I mean? And like, and just to see them meet, and I love how you know uh, Han Solo speaks a bit of I don't know what the word is, the language is, but a bit of Wookie, whatever that is as well. Just little moments like that, how he came up with the plan, but it was obviously Chewie's muscle. That gets them out using Han's plan, and I thought it was a really good way for them to meet because, on the face of it, when you know, if you look at Star Wars, I'm sure a lot of people would think, "Well, have they ended up so close?" But they were just thrown together, and then sort of like you said, Han Solo's wits and his, you know, the way he finds his way out of situations. That's what started them to bond together because obviously he gets them out of there and then he actually gets them off the planet with it, with it again. So no, it was really good. It was great, great to see them together. And, you know, and I think what one of my favorite bits of the film is the, the, the shower scene. That is just brilliant. You know, where Chewie steps forward into the, into the shower with him. And he says, I think he says something like, hey, couldn't we have done this separately or something like that? Just brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It's very good. And, um, I think it's, it's, it's Wookiee speak or I don't know how to pronounce it. It's, it's something like shy, 
Shy rookie? Shy, shy, I, th- I think the planet, Kish, the planet Kashi, but yeah, I think you're yeah. right. It's got Shri-wuk, a, a Shri-wuk. different name. Yeah. That's it, yeah. Shri-wuk. But they call it Wookiee speak as well, if you want. And for us, oh, it's see. easier to call it Wookiee speak, isn't it? We're, we're, yeah. we're not very good, are we, with things like this? So, um, <laughs> but, but you're right. It, all of it, there was links in there. Um, there was like a moment, and I'll come to Andy as well next. Andy, I remember the bit where, and I was talking to Nina about this because she only just watched it recently. Uh, where Wookiee's just, we're sorry, Wookiee, where Chewie's just sitting there behind, uh, Kira in the, in the pilot seat. You know, she's sitting in there as the second person with Han towards the end. And he's just biding his time watching at the back. And then she's got to go and he jumps in and he can fly. He's like, you can fly. You're a pilot. And he's like, yes. What the fuck? Like, I just thought it's, it's an iconic scene. It's an iconic scene because that's the first time they get together, you know, as, as Brilliant. co-pilots. And you just, he was, he was dying to do it, but he had respect for everybody. Just sat there quietly and waited. And when it was his moment, it, he just showed, I'm pretty good at this, mate. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> so. Well, it was funny as well, wasn't it? I think, cause he said, the, when did you learn how to fly? And yeah. then he says, 190 years <laughs> old or something, doesn't he? He says, yeah. Yeah, you look great. Yeah, it is, and that's the that that type of comic stuff's great. That's okay. That's that's something that Han Solo would say, you know. Yeah. It, it, but but obviously, going too much into the comedy would have been crazy. But that type of moment worked beautifully. Andy, yeah. what did you think of the the you know first what like what um Joe said the meeting of them and then the development as the movie went because obviously Chewie had his own story. He wanted to free his people. And, and, you know, you can't look past that because he chooses Han. And that's massive yeah, for the film, that's right? It. I, there's elements there, isn't there, that it's almost like a teaser. You know they can always go back to that somewhere down the line. If they want to open up on that and create a backstory for Chewie, they can do that. And and I'm sure I'm sure it will gross enough. However, however disappointing this was, I'm sure they've made a profit out of it with everything else that gets uh, goes on top of the box office and everything like that. Probably not as much as they'd anticipated and wanted, but I'm sure there'll be something further down the line for them because there is that. I mean, <laughs> there's a whole there's a Wikipedia, you know. Is <laughs> he's again he's another iconic and unique character that just really connects with people and it just connects with children as well there's something about that and and i I like the fact that the way that they brought them together wasn't some kind of you know that they were just fighting side by side and they became friends or whatever they were thrown together and he was supposed to kill him you know he was supposed to rip him and eat him so yeah and it was that whole thing isn't it that you know here's the guy that his Han Solo, like you said, can weasel his way out of things. He could speak Shri Wook as well, you know, a bit of that. And and there's that thing, you know, for... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The other thing that Chewbacca was shown, the vulnerability. You always see the Wookiee as, you know, the massive guy and how... <laughs> they, they were playing that chess game, weren't they, in there? And, and um, Chewbacca's getting beaten. But you go back to episode four, you know, the original, The New Hope, and it's R2-D2 beating Chewbacca. Uh, and it's, you know, that's it. But, a, you know, a Wookiee, a Wookiee, was it uh, someone, a droid, is only a droid or whatever. Yeah, but a Wookiee can rip your arms off. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's no, it. Nobody you know, so worries you, about beating a droid, is yeah, it? Yeah, that's, that's, it, yeah. that's it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And Beckett and beats him in this one, doesn't he, in the game? Yeah. But that, there's, again, there's, again, a little link, that your tenuous little link to the originals. But it's that thing, isn't it? It's Chewbacca's beauty. this massive, you know, animal. But he had a bit of vulnerability. And that was it. They were both vulnerable, brought together. And it's just, I, I just, I like the way it was It was put together. It was different. It, yeah. it was a different way to do it. It, was, it wasn't lazy. It wasn't easy. And... And yeah, and then there's that that growing sort of link, and that's it. He's the muscle, and that's how he's in. He's the muscle, uh, and his character, and like you said, you know, his character grows through this movie as much as it's a Han Solo story. There's also it's it, it's inevitably a Chewbacca story as well, yeah. and and I do think that there's there wasn't too much, so that there is enough there down the line. I'm sure they'll go to some kind of a Wookiee movie. I'm yeah. sure. It's like, um, you've reminded me of bits from the film, like, uh, with Chewbacca, obviously, first of all, they don't trust each other. Um, you know, Han's trying to win his trust. He gets it in the end because they're chained together. They get on the, 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 the ship and they're off. And then, um, and then you get him putting on the bullets and the vest. And that's the vest that he, like, you see him wear in loads of movies afterwards, you know? I don't know if you noticed it. He puts it on for the first time when he's with Woody Harrison and his gang. And they give their stories and, and that's when you said it really, the sympathy comes for both. One's, you know, is, is left, is going back for his love. The other, his family and his tribe are, are all stuck. And, and it just develops from there where you go, right, this is how they got together. And then obviously Han helping him almost, he's going to die when they're hanging off that air train or whatever it is. And he pulls him up. Just then slowly the build is happening between the two of them. And then in the end, Chewbacca shows he's as loyal as they come. Because when it's time to leave him behind, behind, he goes, "No, no chance on doing this." And it's a very touching moment when he t- when he touches heads with his um, with the other with the other Wookie, in yeah. a way to say, "You know, I can't come with you, but I love you." And the other one guy is basically thanking him for freeing them and giving them the freedom. And I just thought, even though they, you don't understand what they're saying, it came across through the film because. You love, you love Chewbacca. So if you don't understand these things, then why are you watching in the first place? Do you get what I mean? So I just thought even in those little things, those things played off on me. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a nut though. I love it. I love Star Wars like mad. So I was trying to connect with everything in this film. Uh, and I watched it again last night and I just thought it was so good. So good. And, um, the, I, I, I really wished it had done better so we could see something 
else from these two. Let's let's hope. Let's hope. Maybe maybe they they become a part of another like an Obi Wan story or you know what I mean. So they can bring the characters back, and they just have a side angle. I don't know. But we must move on to Han Solo's love interest in this movie, Andy, and it's Kira, and she's. A rather big casting for the movie because she is unbelievably popular and loved on Game of Thrones as Daenerys Targaryen. Uh, as Joe will know when we cover the movie, the show all the time <laughs> and on the box. Uh, but I mean, for me, it was massive to get someone like that in the film. It does bring a bit more star power to it. She's definitely had more star, star power than Solo himself, I thought. But, um, what did you think of her? character in this film, dude, and uh, how it played out in the end. Obviously, we, there's no connection to her, because we don't know anything about her. Again, I liked it. I, I've got to say, look, I've never watched Game of Thrones, so mm. I recognised her, and I knew of her, but I've never I've never got around to watching Game of Thrones, so I, I didn't have that sort of expectation level of, you know, what will she bring, and how different will she be to a certain character, you know, uh, and recognising her as a certain character and her mannerisms and you know who she represents. You know, like like having Harrison Ford playing somebody else as a child. It was always, well, that's Han Solo. Why is Han Solo playing a different movie? Um, but I, I I liked it, and I what I I kind of like this is she played. She went from being you know that that innocent love interest to being something else, and having that sort of. You know, the, the early scenes of the movie were that Han Solo was the kind of the more sort of hard, street hardened, street wise, you know, battle weary character, knew, knew what to do and where to go and things like that. And she was perhaps more sort of innocent and naive. But as the as the movie wore on, it was kind of it flipped the rules in that you saw the naivety of Han Solo and that she was actually a lot a lot more sort of streetwise than he was and she had uh, developed ambition for herself and furthered herself and protected herself by making the decisions and taking the path that she did take uh, but i but what i like about that as well is that that itself plays out as you mentioned with han how you know the development of han solo is that for me was was the molding of the han solo that you then see in the original trilogy you know the Han Solo who is um, cynical, who you know who who is sort of less trusting of individuals, because this is his story and this is how it came about. And you know, it, I'm not in lots it of backstabbing, your, lots of backstabbing. In yeah, this yeah, that's it. You know, I'm not it. I'm not in it for your revolution, kid, and things like that. And yeah, yeah, and this is and th- you know, and this is it. This is really. This kind, this interaction between these two and the development and the flipping of their roles, is why we've got the Han Solo from the original trilogy for me. Wow, that's really good. And Joe, I mean, we can talk Kira, but it goes it keeps going back to Han Solo here. He was ditched by Lando in this film. He was ditched by Beckett in this film. <laughs> he was ditched by Kira in this film. And he's onto something here, right? <laughs> yeah. No, definitely, definitely. And I think that's. Uh... Like he's both touched on, I suppose. Uh, I do like that because I think if it, if it hadn't have had some of these things, it wouldn't make sense how he could go. Because he's, in a lot of ways, he's quite uh, in this in this film. Uh, definitely at times, he's quite uh, naive, optimistic, oh, and okay, naive, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and maybe you know even things like uh, you know there's a there's a line where 
they're talking about uh, the hostiles and he says, you know, we're the hostiles on this planet. Now, that to me didn't seem like a Han Solo line because I know the Han Solo who's older and jaded and more cynical. But in this film, you can see how he turns from being the way he is. I think she even says some at, at one stage, she basically says, I know a little bit more than you. You know, you can see why he, he you know, why he's sort of gone from this more naive version to someone more cynical and less trusting because of those, as you say, those sort of, you know, where people have to some betrayed them. I know obviously with Cara, it's a debate whether it's a betrayal or, or what her reasons are, but obviously she hasn't done what he wants to do. And obviously, yeah. as you say, Beckett did, did betray him and Lando, just their relationship throughout is always one of double crossing each other despite being friends on some level. So yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. And I do, I do, I did like that, you know, that you could see him, you know, before he gets, uh, that point later in life where he is the one, he, he's the older head and he's cynical and he doesn't yeah. believe in the force and all things like that. You know, he shoots down pretty much everything. He does that later yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas at this point, he's, he's very open to things and as you say, naive. So no, I like that. And he was, and I, I think single minded, wasn't he? I just want to be a pilot. And that's how he gets his name. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even talked about yeah. it, how he got his name solo. Who's your tribe? Who are your people? I'm alone. Okay, solo. I thought it was very nicely done. <laughs> I thought it really was. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've got, I've got to be honest. I weren't a big fan of that bit. All oh, right, were you? Yeah, it was no, a little no. bit cheesy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I sometimes feel like these films. I'm going to compare it to a film that's quite harsh here, but I sometimes feel these films, when it is a prequel, they sometimes feel. They almost have to explain everything about a character or every little thing. And I sometimes think either some things are fine just being normal, like he, he has a name Family. normal yeah. the way, you know, most people get yeah. a name. Or 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 just leave it up to us and not know that. And the example I'm thinking it's nowhere near as bad as that, but it's the example I always think of where I think a film does too much to sort of say, Oh, the background of everything that you ever know about this character. I think in the Wolverine Origins movie, it shows you how he gets his leather jacket at one point. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> and I just, yeah. And I, I just, just think I, sometimes I, it's too much. You know what? I respect both your opinions in that point, but I just thought there's never ever been a mention of his family, of his background in any of the yeah. films, right? And mm-hmm. it had to be something similar to, they had to keep that. I think it kept it, it kept it for me that there's nobody. He really had nobody, and that kind of plays into his character, that he is solo. He's always been alone. And only the really, as you get into the films, it's only been Chewbacca that's with him the whole way. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, anyway, yeah. uh, sorry, we've totally gone off. Andy, you were going to say something, and I... And yeah, I, uh, just, just, just I, know, I know I kind of drifted off Kira back onto Han, but I think her character was absolutely pivotal in in that transition and that whole thing but i think the way that she played it what it, it was played really well she you could have kind of you empathized with her all the mm. way through and mm. you did kind of you almost were along the journey with him because uh, well you could say they both played it really well because you were along with him and hoping that she was still that you know his love interest but obviously you know having watched the trilogies that she's not there so you're wondering what happens you know does she die and then for for her to make it seem so believable that she is with him, she is with him, she is with him, to to then do what she did at the end, and like, 
wow, I guess we just we didn't see that coming. So I, I think she, del- I thought she, she really sort of portrayed the character really, really well. Yeah, and Joe, I thought the build started for her in the opening sequence uh, when they're they're running away and she's sitting with him and they're almost out and she says, "Wouldn't it be great just to not have anyone tell you what to do?" and be free, and be the boss, or, or something similar to those words. And that haunted her the whole movie, because she got captured again, and then she's a slave for pretty much Dryden as well, you know, the whole time. And that was her freedom moment, even though she's probably still going to be answering to someone. In her own way, she's becoming the boss, isn't she? At that, you know, at that point, for everybody else. Yeah. And I thought yeah. it was a it was a journey for her. And the other thing that we didn't that they were building was her training. She was lethal, and it only shown twice: once when they were inside, and then right at the end. So, had there been, or if there was ever to be a sequel, there'd probably be a lot more of her, you know, doing the uh, doing some action. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. As you say, I think she says Dryden had been had been training her, and obviously we could see how dangerous he is in the film, and obviously. She she got the better of him, and all bit of bit of luck was involved in that, and, and obviously she tricked them initially to do that. But yeah, no, you you're right. Uh, she she was a uh, she was one hell of a fighter in the film. I think I liked the fact that for me, um, a bit like Andy said, she kept me guessing throughout. I yeah. I was never sure, you know, how how much how much she turned to like the Dryden's side really because. Clearly, she, you could tell, I think she either said or hinted throughout that she, and obviously Dryden did as well, that she'd done some really bad things. So you knew there was a lot of guilt in there and she, she may have done some things that she mightn't be able to return from. And then I like the fact that even right to the end, you, you know, I've heard people debate this, you know, did, did she betray him or did she just do it because she knew more would forever be chasing him and that they'd probably both end up dead? if she'd have gone with Han. So it's like, I don't know, I think she did a really good job of portraying that right throughout the film. You know, you know, there was enough there to make you start trusting her and believing, yet there's hope that they might get together. But there are always little moments where you think maybe she's still going to stick with Dryden or at least stick on that sort of, you know, I'm trying to avoid saying dark side here, but stick on that sort of more uh, villainous side, I suppose. And, I, I think she did really well in the film, yeah. Brilliant. And you know what? Whilst we're here, why don't we talk about the elephant in the room with that ending, with Darth Maul turning up? Andy, what did you think? I mean, to be honest, when I saw it first time in the cinema, I was like, yes! <laughs> like, I thought this would do really well so that we might get to see some more of this guy in the next film. But obviously, my wishes aren't that good and they don't go true. But what did you think when you when you when you saw him? Well, the first time I watched it, I went to the cinema to watch it with my my younger son because, like me, he's he's caught the Star Wars bug. He he's massively into it as well, and he just went. He turned to me, he went, "Ooh, Darth Maul!" <laughs> it's like, and it was that kind of like, "Ooh, uh, wasn't expecting that one," because that's quite a time shift, isn't it? Because that's obviously Darth Maul goes, he dies in Episode One. So I think what I think what I could be wrong here, but I, I'm, he comes I'm back in the Clone sure. Wars. Yeah, I I think they're saying he didn't die, although he was chopped in half yeah. and went down that that shoot. I think he was sort of 
in a sort of a the fashion repaired or well this is it nina said the same thing because a lot of people will only watch the movies and never go to you know what you mentioned earlier the extended universe uh off air joe so in the extended universe he's put back together and he's more mechanical underneath with the legs so but Mm. his upper body's all there so for me when i saw all the movie Exactly, exactly. I mean, I would watch it, but I'm stupid, you yeah, know. So. <laughs> I would watch it anyway. <laughs> I would pay to watch it because I'm crazy. But <laughs> it, but there is a story of him, like in the extended universe, of being alive. So yeah, that would um, that that explains that one for you, Andy. Mm. Mm. So yeah, uh, it, yeah. Th- there's there's definitely more to that, isn't there? That that was that was an interesting one, wasn't it? Just like, hey, I definitely was not expecting that. So it was well, what um, do you think, interesting. Sorry to interrupt you Rand, uh, there, Andy, just because it's relevant to this. I was just going to pose a question to you both, really, on, on that note. What do you think? So, some people said maybe it should have been Jabba the Hutt as the big bad at the end. Would, do you think that would have worked better, or do you think more was a better idea? No just way. Just interested in your thoughts. No, I, 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 I can't actually... see Jabba doing the training. No, not at all. <laughs> I don't think... I think you, the way that Dryden and... You know, Kira were trained. Um, it points more to someone like Maul, you know, passing that Good type point. of stuff on. Jabba is kind of referred to in the last line of the film, isn't it? There's a big yeah. boss that we're going to work for. And so yeah, big gangster, big gangster, big boss. So that, that was enough for me to be excited for the next movie. Do you get what I mean? That was enough for oh, me yeah. not to be mentioned by name, but to be hinted at. And I thought that's the, probably what that's probably what got me wanting to watch uh, Return of the Jedi after I'd watched yeah, it. Yeah, of course, because you want to see the relationship between the two, don't you? I mean, different <laughs> what happens in the end. And, and I think um, Ron Howard pushed the inclusion of Darth Maul at the end, I big see. time. So it wasn't in the original script; it was all that's all a Ron Howard bit. So that was really interesting, I thought, and it made it better for me because that gives you a bit. You know, when you see an older character, especially. You know, no one likes the originals, but he was the best thing out of the first one, I thought. You know? I loved yeah, watching was, him. Yeah. Love watching I mean, the action, everything. Oh. Like I, I, I have a lot of negative thoughts about the prequels yeah. as we discussed <laughs> before. But I must admit he he was really, really good and and despite this part of me, I'm not gonna lie, that doesn't like the idea of him coming back in that way because as far because I'm not in you know, I haven't read or, or, or watched any of the extended universe. I don't know as much of the backstory other than what I hear from people who do. So uh, to me a bit of me was like, Oh well how how's he back? But then the other side of me was made up in the way you were gags because I did think what a great character in pretty much the same way I and in this film, I think it's a pity he's been killed because he's another character where every moment he's on screen, I just love. And it was like that for me as well. I think you've probably both seen them where there's those cuts of every Darth Maul moment from, you know, for the Phantom Menace. Yeah. And it's just brilliant, isn't it? You know what I mean? He's just he really, really good. So, yeah, I felt the same. I think they should have had the original voice, uh, Peter Serafinovitz's voice. Absolutely. Which is much more scary than, than this one. But, you know, you can't have everything. But... Yeah, no, it, it was great to see him. No, that's good. I think, um, I think we've covered Kira off nicely there. And obviously the twist at the end or at least a surprise. Um, so we'll go, Andy, to young Lando. Uh, how did you think he did with this one? And, uh, you know, obviously it's again another Donald Glover, a big piece of casting. He's doing really well at the moment. So 
having him in there was was a nice thing for everybody, you know, as in like, oh, this is a good piece of casting. He looks good. It fits. Uh, how do you think he played it, though? I, I thought he grew into it. I must admit, because I, I, obviously, again, it's like Han Solo, isn't it? Because we've been fans for so long, you, you always associate, you know, the, the original actors to the original characters. So it, it's, it is kind of strange at first, but I thought he grew into it as, as it went along. And I thought it was almost like as the movie was going along, he was developing more and more into the, the, the Landor type mannerisms and the, I, I just, that's again, it's, it's that charisma, that on screen charisma that he, that he has and that interaction between him and Han as well. And that, that development of their relationship and how they come about. And, and it was, I thought again another one. I thought he pulled it off, but I could, I, I just enjoyed the movie. I, I enjoyed all of it. I thought so much of it was well done. And and again, this is just, this is just another character. Really, sort of for me, perhaps not quite nailed as much as Han Solo, but but still nailed pretty well. Wow, that's some praise. Uh, still nailed pretty well. What do you reckon, Joe? Just. Um... Pure, I, I think that it's very clever what they've done, as you say. They, these are very famous people, but also, particularly with the likes of, of um, Alden Ehrenrich and uh, Tribe and um, and Donald Glover, as you say, just pure charisma, just total charisma. Every moment he's on the street screen, you can't take your eyes off him, you know, and he he, he pulls off that sort of. That you know how much Lando loves himself, and you know, and there were so many things I loved. I loved all the capes. I loved um, another thing I loved was well, where the where he was doing that sort of audio diary thing, uh, the the Calrissian Chronicles, sitting back telling tales of what he'd been up to and recording it, and uh, you know, uh, all those moments, and you know. Uh, Everything you've heard about me is true. So this larger than life character, but I also like the fact that I think this is sometimes a hard thing to do, as well as all those big moments and big sorts of showing how big a character he is. They also had moments like um, you know showing that it was moments showing how much he, despite the banter and all that, how much he he loved the robot. You know, L3, you know, when, when, when the robot was destroyed, essentially, how, how bothered he was. And I like that, you know, it showed both sides to him. You know, he weren't just all about wise cracks and being, you know, arrogance. There was more to him, obviously, you know, with, within the context of a Star Wars film, obviously. Absolutely. I, I love the capes. I love that he was a cheater, their version of poker. You know, he's, oh, yeah. he's, cause he's, he's got that in him. He's got that in him in the movies as well. He's always, you know, he, he'll do, he's very selfish also, <laughs> you know, that he shares that trait with, uh, with, with Han that he, you know, he always goes with what he thinks is right for him, nobody else. Yeah. And, uh, there, there was plenty of that in this movie. So that didn't change. I think what was really cool was that L3 ended up becoming and is then a part of the Falcon forever. Because of, because of the super, you know, navigation system that she has. So that was something that they built then into the Falcon. So all the stuff about the Falcon in the future, this is an origin of, of, of the Falcon in, in a way. Do you get what I mean? So yeah, I thought that yeah. was very clever, but 
the character itself, L3, was unbelievable. Unbelievable, like so funny. So funny, Joe. It made me laugh loads. And I thought, sorry, oh. sorry, sorry to cut in. I just, one thing though, on that L3 and that uh, interaction, what Joe mentioned, that was one of the most touching moments of the movie. It was. And that, well, that was, and again, that was, that, that was really the, like, wow, you know, that other side to Landor. And that was, that was where it was, I just like, ah. Oh. I don't know. That's where he really pulled it off. That that whole thing with with L three when it died at the you know and then had to well sacrificed itself. It was just that that really was touching, and it was it was just like a, another depth to the character. And again, it was just something else. It wasn't just like you t- you like you mentioned before with with the whole Han Solo thing. It wasn't about doing impressions of what you've seen on Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi or or you know New Hope. This was adding their own little flavors. It was that bit of depth, and it was that was really touching, and it was it, it was so so well done. Couldn't agree more. I thought there was uh, there was loads to this character that you know it built, built. Like I said, it built the depth for for him. That's what that's what the purpose was, wasn't it? To build, give Lando that edge, that edge, and and stuff, and it worked really well, and it did the trick. And uh, I certainly loved the scenes where she was like. You know, I mean, it's a droid. We couldn't get a she, but you know that that he's so into me. I can see, you know, oh, I, how do you know? It's because of the way he looks at me. <laughs> what, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you know, uh, you just sat there laughing your head off, and he's like, "This is really good." How, how good was that? I think we're on about the same part there as well. <laughs> where, where, like, here, Kira says, "How does that work?" And the the delivery by I forgot the actress playing L three, but the delivery Phoebe Waterbridge. That's it. Where she just goes. It works. Yeah. She just says it in a way where you know, and, and then you see obviously Kyra's face as yeah. she's trying to process what she's just heard, and I just, I, I just love it, and I also love the fact, you know, it, it's totally from her side as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Anyway, yeah. you know, that's how my reading of it. Me too. It's her who's obsessed with him. Obviously, he does care for her, as we've just mentioned, but she's obsessed with him in that way, and he's not. But she's sort of got the idea that he is, and it's just, it just makes for so many little funny moments. The ma- mannerisms yeah. when she's charging back to the ship, like the way oh. she's charged, like it's just so well done. Such a small role, but it played off really well. And like you both said, it gives Lando that, that, that depth. And uh, I thought he was really good and, uh, and he served his purpose in the movie with everything. Uh, and then the, obviously the end scene when he loses that to, to <laughs> the, the Falcon goes to Han Solo. I mean, perfect. That's exactly how you'd expect Han to win something as well. True. <laughs> you True. know? So I, I thought, you know what? They, they did a really good job with him and they did a really good job with how they fitted him into everything. But, um, let's move on to kind of like some of the side characters in this. And, uh, Andy, Woody, Woody Harrelson was in it, obviously. And he had a, he had a whole gang with him. Uh, they, they kind of just jumped. Uh, uh, this band of, uh, <laughs> you know, this is basically how he becomes who Han Solo becomes is because of these guys. I think, I think they've, they've inspired him because they just turn up and pretend to be in the army. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, they just showed him how you can make money. You can yeah. hustle. Yeah. Basically it's hustle and, and do jobs and, and do whatever you can make a living. And this is how you can live and get away. And, and not obviously for him, the whole, motivation was about getting this to get back to to 
to get Kira, and then they were going to be free. But obviously, as the as it goes on, that whole process of getting back and and he's he what he sees and ex- experiences along the way gets him to that point where that can't happen. But he's picked up so much along the way. So they again they all play that part in Han Solo becoming Han Solo, uh, and also that they, they play that they again they play that supporting role in Han and Chewie becoming who they are and, and as close as they are because that whole attempted robbery, as you mentioned earlier, is what really brings them together, that, that trust, because they've been to the very edge and put their lives in each other's hands. Absolutely. I mean, it's Woody Harrelson, uh, Tandy Newton and John Favreau. Uh, Joe, I didn't know it was John Favreau as Rio. Oh, the, the, you know, that, that's, that, a, that's that amazing. Voice. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, brilliant, isn't he? He did so good. And I thought he was a great character, but they killed him off so quick. Oh, I don't know. It's pretty it was, it was fun, though, wasn't he? He was he fun was while so, he was on. Oh, yeah, he was so fun. I thought them as a team was a lot of fun. You know, and they're not, yeah. they, no, they were serious. Val was, Val was serious business. You know, she was yeah. like, what the hell are you doing? To Woody, like, why are you taking this, this these stupid people on? They're, they're rubbish. Rook, you know, they're rookies. What are you doing? And he goes, no, nah, no, nah, let's trust them. And then obviously Rio was, that, that's when the, the discussions happened around the fire. So they played, they played their parts. I thought they were good. Um, obviously we've spoke about Woody in the, and uh, it's Beckett obviously throughout the conversations where, you know, the whole point of him is, I think in the film to kind of be the one that lets him down constantly, uh, you know, and, and does the, the turn on, 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 on Han Solo, which, Kind of then defines his character in, in the future. Uh, he kind of basically looks up to him, doesn't he, Joe? In this, yeah, and and, yeah. and then he does that to him. Yeah, and I um I I I I, I love Woody Harrelson and pretty much anything he does. He he always adds quality to anything he's in, and I I like the fact that I, I suppose the the end sums it up in a lot of respects for me in terms of I like the fact that. Obviously, he does double cross Han, and Han ends up shooting him. So obviously, we know where it ends up. But there's clearly greater affection on both sides. I think they both they both liked each other a lot, but because of the nature of you know Woody Harrelson's character, because of the nature of him and his sort of end goals in life, it meant that when it came down to it, despite liking him. He, he would betray him. And I, I really love the fact, particularly for, for this type of film, you know, it's, uh, I think quite a brave choice that when he, when he shot him, you know, when Han shot first, you know, <laughs> when he yeah. shot him, I, I liked how, how, how they had a moment after that and he still cared for them and vice versa. You could tell he cared for each other, you know, even at the end, it weren't like he shot him and they, oh, he, there's the bad guy and he's dead. He didn't like having to shoot him, and he wanted to sort of help him in his last moments. And I thought that was a really nice moment between the two of them. Yeah, me too. Um... I like. Sorry, I, I like that. You know that he was uh, Beckett was saying to him when he turned. I told you, kid. You know not to trust anybody. Even and me. then later he yeah. turns that, doesn't he? Yeah, I remember you told me people are predictable. Yeah, and you so are, it's like, so you are know, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all you're telling me that I wasn't listening to what you were saying, and I was listening. Yeah. So, I, really it's, again, it, it's it's such a fun, fundamental part in the in the 
the involvement of, of who's Han Solo becomes in that original trilogy. Absolutely spot on. I thought spot on. Um, whilst we're talking Han Solo, one thing that is talked about or has been talked about for 40 years is the Kessel Run Joe. <laughs> now, oh, yes. 12 parsecs, finally, finally, <laughs> the, they brought it to life. What, what were your thoughts on it, dude? <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, I, were you I've a bit let down? To... Yeah, a little bit because I think, I think to me, uh, it's it's, and I suppose it's the danger with anything that from you know to I'm not not I wouldn't that's wrong to call it a throwaway line as I was going to do then, but the danger of say a, a you know a small line, not a particularly significant line of a film that's become iconic, but because we love it so much and it's linked to this iconic ship and this iconic character. I've built it up massively in my head to be like, you know, this sort of legendary travel between wherever the castle run is, between two points, that it's really hard to travel in that sort of time frame. And I thought it'd be, you know, great, you know, you'd see great manoeuvring by Han and the, the Falcon, but it weren't really like that, was it? Although it was a good scene in different ways, maybe. It didn't bring what I expected, so maybe I can't judge it fairly. I, I, I reckon. It my idea. I reckon they they didn't know what to do with themselves. When I've read stuff about this, mm. they shot it three or four times. Oh, I see. They just they okay. couldn't get it. They couldn't get it to what they wanted it to. Do you get what I mean? Because it's an unknown. Yeah. It's an unknown. Like, how do you perfect this? So even the director, I wish they released the other two or three. Because maybe one of them would, would strike it, you know, with, with one of us. It would be interesting. Andy, what were your thoughts on this? Because obviously both of us are thinking it was a bit flat, but what did you think? Uh, I've got to say, maybe maybe it's one of them things that we didn't have to see. You know, yeah, it could yeah. be a reference. It could just be a reference, but we never, we never are explained. It's never explained to us or shown to us how that happened because we don't need to see it. It's just something we know. We don't have to see it. We just know it. It was, I didn't like it seem, you know, as though it was some kind of great big octopus. I don't know. I, it was a bit, mm, yeah, not, it wasn't, not, it wasn't there first. Completely. That was one of the things they added. That's one of the things they added. When Ron spoke about it, it wasn't there when he was there. You know, it was like that. That's what I'm saying. They kept on changing it because they didn't know. How to make it? I think you're right. It didn't need to have any kind of a a monster, you know. It didn't, it didn't need to have that. Well, I don't know whether you both agree. To me, it sort of undercuts that line because the Kessel Run, the way it's used it, to me anyway in, in the first film is it's it's used as a, a sort of thing in which the Kessel Run everyone should know what that is, so that you can then go, "Wow, twelve parsecs! That's unbelievable." Whereas in this film, it, the castle run was just, it didn't seem like something everybody would know because there's, not everyone would have a, would, would have to make that journey. It doesn't sound like something that happened a lot, having to make that journey fast. It's not like everybody's stealing stuff from, from that, from that mine. So, but equally, it didn't strike me as something where he did a lot of great piloting in terms of to be fast. Most of it was a battle with, as you say, with a big octopus-like creature. So, you know what I mean? I, I think I, I don't know. It just didn't. It just didn't work for me. And also, I suppose you you could argue 
if it did, if if that was it making the Kessel run in that time frame, it was because of the, the coaxial or whatever it was, is probably why it was so fast rather than the natural speed of the ship. But I'm getting a bit really geeky there. But no, no, you're right. Yeah, Co- I mean, coaxium, it was it's a factor, isn't it? It becomes yeah. a factor. But but then all those other things become a factor in the in there as well, as in there's a monster in there. It's apparently called a summer verminoth, right? If you want to get geeky. Um, and then there's <laughs> asteroids in there. It's like windy or, or it's treacherous, you know. It's, 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 yeah. It just looks not, doesn't look very good, does it? It's like a, it's like, uh, asteroid destroyed or something. Uh, a belt even. So I, I always pictured it as a run. Like, you know what? If it, it's yeah, called a Kessel run, it's like something that people go through. To get from one place to another, and it's like yeah. supposed to be a shortcut, but yeah. he's done it the fastest ever. So I expected it to be something like a treacherous place, but I but but I didn't expect it to be like a something that would eat Giant them. Octopus. Yes, <laughs> something that would eat them. <laughs> Tie fighters we turn es- up. We escaped the giant octopus in twelve parsecs. Yeah, it doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? <laughs> yeah. Totally, and like Gags has said, I expected it to be a run. I know we're going on a bit about this, but I just, just feel I've got but to say geeks this would, I think surely, right. geeks it, would. It, it takes yeah. a bit of the mystique of it away, and I think yeah. what what it is is it to me. It, yeah, it, I expected it to be treacherous, but and tight, a it tight hole. Quite, it was, I yeah, but it was quite tight. slow, wasn't it? Yeah, it was I slow. It was big black hole, and he's 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 dodging in and out of danger. They're quick. Yeah. And getting from point A to point B, whereas what it actually ended up being was he was stuck for a few minutes being fighting this octopus while being pulled into something. Yeah. And the actual bit where it actually went fast was there was no real skill, well, not much skill until the later bit. It was more about just, I don't know, they just didn't work for me, basically. No, no me neither. And I, I expect it to be like, you know, when they're, you know, where in the fighters and they're in the Death Star and they're going in all those like, Valleys and stuff inside within, you know, and it, you know, in all yeah, the original Star Wars, that's a run in it. That's a run. I yeah. expected it to be like that, but in a, in a black hole where it was dark and loads of asteroids and, 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 and just maybe even it was, um, I don't know, somewhere built. I don't know. I just, I suppose I can't explain it. I didn't expect it to be this though. Anyway, uh, we've spent so much time. Um, Andy, uh, Joe has already talked about Paul Bettany and what he loved about him uh, as being the villain in this this movie. And he's one of the later later additions. Uh, what were your thoughts on him as uh, Dryden Voss? I think his name is. I like I like it. There's something about English actors being the villains in Star Wars movies that <laughs> yeah. works really well, isn't there? Yeah, it, it does. You know, all all the way back to the beginning, it's they're just I don't know. There's something about that. That uh, the voice, you know, that sort of that classic voice and classically trained. It's um, he was. I don't, he had he had a presence on screen. It kind of actually kind of uh, reminiscent of. Um, I'm trying to think of the character's name in in Rogue One. Um, oh, the, the one yeah, in, no, in there. I know what you mean, but I can't think yeah, of his name. I, I can't think of his the character's name offhand now. But almost reminiscent of that, and it's yeah, that cold, calculated, ruthless. Um, and he was yeah, it didn't have an awful lot of screen time, but I think the, the time that he had, he he absolutely made the most of it, and he certainly was impactful. So again, it, it was another character that just it added something because 
he added something to the character of Kira, which of course Krennic. is so influential Krennic. on Han. Krennic, yeah. you were talking about, weren't you? Ben- yeah, Mendelssohn. that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do. I think there, there, there are sort of not parallels, but it kind of it does kind of remind me of that character. And again, you know, again, it's it's just an, another character that's important in the role of of a character that again all comes back to Han Solo and we know we say as much as it's a Han Solo movie so it's a Chewbacca movie it's a Millennium Falcon and Lando all of these that these are all parts that that all come together to form the character that we then see in the in the original trilogy of Han Solo so he he is important to Kira that Kira character as much as anything and of course as I said she's pivotal to who he is so he does play an important role, and because you think without him, you know, what would Kira be? You know, she couldn't be. It wouldn't make sense for her to be anything but what she does. Who you know who she is and what she does. Yeah, you're right. He's he's pivotal in all of that, and you know they needed someone to be afraid of. They needed someone to be forced to go and do these things. And I think he plays it to a team. I think the design of him, you know, his face with it going, changing color and, uh, you know, the, 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 the scars changing color when he gets angry. I thought it was brilliant. I thought that was, that was unique, you know, and I, I like that. I really like that in him. It was a, it was a really good thing because he, he can speak very calmly to you the way he greets Beckett, you know, and he consoles him because obviously, obviously his girlfriend died or his wife or whatever it was, his partners died and he consoles him, but then he's really back to business very quickly. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to kill you if you don't get me this stuff, <laughs> you know? And I thought it was... Even, even when he's being nice, there's an air of menace in everything yeah. he says. Yeah. You can never be certain, can you? You know, is he being genuinely nice here, or is this just him building up to, you know, which he normally is building up to, you know, threatening in some way? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it, uh, that's very, very true. And... um is there anything else on on uh, Dryden guys? Because I think I think I'm I'm done with it. I thought it was a very good piece of casting. I'm glad they added him last. Yes, yeah, and uh, it was very good. So finally, um, I just want to ask you both. We're, we're towards the end of the pod now. We've been going for um, you know nearly an hour and ten here, as we normally do in these pods for Star mm-hmm. Wars ones. Should the movie have been made in your in 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 your opinion, uh, Joe? I mean, has it? Did it make any difference at all to the overall Star Star Wars stories? Or add any kind of link for you? Does it make any difference to your life, for example? You know, I mean, obviously it's a movie. It shouldn't make any difference to anyone's life. What I mean is, in your whole Star yeah. Wars experience, you know, is it going to ever make a yeah. difference? Well, I, I, it's, it's a hard one to answer because I, I probably change from day to day on my thoughts on that. <laughs> I suppose what I would say is, I, I would because I, I think I think it's very easy for me to answer and say, do I think it's a good film? I think it's a, I think it's an enjoyable film. I enjoyed it. Um, I wouldn't. It's not one I would watch again and again and again. For example, I wouldn't have thought, but I did think it was enjoyable. I think there's a lot of talented people both behind the camera and in front and you know it, it's it's fun there's some really fun bits i don't think it, it needed to be made or adds a great deal to the the sort of star wars universe but equally there's a lot of people who who wanted to see you know 
some sort of backstory to Han. And if you if you want that and you just want an enjoyable film, this is absolutely fine. You know, it's not so. It's, it, it definitely hasn't that for me anyway. It hasn't harmed harmed my idea of the other films in any way. You know, so I just sort of take it for me. I just take it as it's a fun film, but it doesn't add a great deal to that sort of universe. But if you just take it for being a fun film, it's, it's a nice way to spend a couple of hours. Excellent. And Andy, same question to you, mate. Should they have made it? Does it make any difference? What are your thoughts? I think I'm with Joe, really. I, it's hard to say it makes any real difference as such. It's one of them where I guess you you are inquisitive as, as to what Han Solo's backstory was before we see episode four. So that, the, 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 you know, this adds to that. And it was interesting. Um, but I, I, I just enjoyed it. I just went in. I didn't look into all the, the, the goings on that had happened and everything else. I just went in open minded to watch it as a fan with, and I try not to raise my expectation levels. And I, and I just enjoyed it. And it was to me, I felt like it was it was like a Star Wars version of Raiders of the Lost Ark, or well, uh, sorry, any of those. The um, I was going to say the Harrison Ford movies, Indiana Jones, <laughs> the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, <laughs> it, it felt that's what it felt like. It felt like watching an Indiana Jones movie in a way, a, a Han Solo type one. So I guess it makes sense that you know that the Lawrence Kasdan is was a writer for Raiders of the Lost Ark, and yeah. I didn't re- I didn't know that at the time. Just just watched it, uh, and that's what it kind of felt like. So it was, and that's that thing. It's just fun. It was enjoyable. It was fun, and I'll, I I w- what I will say is, I actually enjoyed it more than Rogue One because I felt Rogue One was a little bit dingy and dark, and it was a good movie, and it was certainly critically acclaimed a, a lot more than this one. But I enjoyed this one more than than Rogue One. Wow. Wow. Would you agree with that, Joe? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough one. I mean, I think, I think I, I enjoyed Rogue One more in some ways. I think, I suppose the best way I could answer it is I felt there was more of a reason for Rogue One to be made. When people told me that was being made and a little bit about what it was going to be about, I was like, yeah, I really want to know the backstory to that. Whereas with this, as you know, I didn't watch it for quite some time. I think that tells you a lot. I didn't feel I needed to know. And also, I'm wary of prequels for for a lot of decent reasons. Many of them aren't that great. But so I think that Rogue One has got a stronger sort of story that I wanted to see told. But equally, I think I... I probably enjoy this more in a different way. So I think, I think Rogue One's a better film, but I think this is a nice bit of escapism in a different way. Yeah, and I thought Darth Vader was in that. You know, so even if it's for a second, it means the yeah. world ends. <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. That excitement doesn't come from anything in this one. Do you get what I mean? And obviously, yeah. you see CGI and stuff of some characters from the original movies, and in that, and that. I think that brings it along a little bit more as well into where it fits into the into the the, the Star Wars story, shall we say, so to speak. Yeah. It fits in nicely. This one, you could you could fling this away, 
and never watch it again and watch, you know, and, and tell a new person to come in and watch Star Wars, Rogue One would fit into somewhere, yeah, and and, and yeah. give you something. This one, you wouldn't have to actually watch it to watch all the others, and you'd be fine. True. You'd be fine. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, like, but it's like a it's like a bonus, isn't it? It's a it, bonus. It's not essential in terms of understanding. It doesn't really add a lot to your understanding of that universe. Whereas I think Rogue One has got a lot of sort of Links. key things yeah. that you know. As I say, that's why when I first heard exactly what it was about, I, I was instantly intrigued. I, I I felt I had to see it, and that's probably why it made you know a decent amount of money as well, Rogue One, because it had that link, those links to the originals yeah. that. People still love and adore. And I think, obviously, new casting for this one, totally. And, uh, and it's only going to be the hardcores that are going to watch a Han Solo, uh, you know, our origin movie. It's a shame he's obviously so old now. <laughs> It'd be brilliant if they'd done something like this in the back day, in the old days, you know, it would have been much better. But, uh, for me, I really enjoyed this film, really did enjoy it. But like I said, for me, it wouldn't be something that I would put into a, a list for someone to say, Go, you have to watch this in this order. It would be one of the ones at the bottom which says, if you get time, make sure you watch this too. It's a bit of fun. That, I'm, I'm, am I being harsh? Maybe, but that's how I would, I would describe it in the end, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, still, as it was, really enjoyed it. A lot of fun. And, um, it's a shame that they, they won't move these characters on to the next level, really. Uh, and, and there won't be a sequel. Let's hope that they are brought back in some way with, with the other Star Wars stories. Before we go, guys, is there anything else you think we've missed that we need to cover or any questions? Uh, Joe, you first. No, no, I think, I think we covered everything I wanted to say and I've had a lot of fun as ever talking about Star Wars with you guys. Brilliant. Andy, yourself, everything covered or? I've just, I've just got the one little thing. (laughs) I like this little link and I didn't spot this until the second time round is when they go on that raid uh, to the mine and you've got Kira there and she's got Beckett with it, uh, with her as her, like a guard. He's in the skiff guard uniform, which we also see Lando Calrissian wear in Return of the Jedi. So I didn't notice that till the second time round. And also and because you didn't you watch those... Jedi, you watch Return of the Jedi straight after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was just it was just one of those things. It just you spot and you just go, ah. you know, I like tenuous little links like that. You know, just daft little things like that. I like it. That it's almost like. That's just being thrown in there for someone just to notice and enjoy. That's very, very cool, actually. Was there any other bits and pieces that you noticed in there? Um, I mean, I think, I think there was a couple of, one actor that was in there, um, that was in the, I think, original films. I, I can't remember what his yeah, name Yeah, Warwick was. Davies played, uh, oh, Warwick... is it? It's Warwick, wasn't it? Warwick Davies. No, oh, sorry, is, I, I think Anthony Daniels was in it, and Warwick Davies as well was was in it as well. Oh right, okay, amazing. Yeah, so there you go. They were in films. They were already in other Star Wars films. <laughs> so apart from that, I think um, I think there's I think that I think we've covered everything pretty much for this movie overall. I think we all really enjoyed it. However. Like I said, uh, you know, it did, it, where it fits for me is up in the air. Both of these guys would, would be able to watch it. Uh, I, all that's left really is to say a massive thank you to, uh, Joe Simpson for coming back. Joe, thank you, mate. 
Thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, and also to Mr. Andy Wells for once again gracing us with his presence as well. <laughs> gracing you, I like it. It's been a pleasure. I love love speaking to you guys. It's great to speak to Joe again. Fantastic. And you know what? There will be more Star Wars movies. We know this. And uh, we will have the Movie Night podcast to cover Star Wars films as well. Jessel, who's taken over, is a major, major Star Wars movie fan. And guess what? He loved the prequels. So I think he needs to get these two on to talk about the prequels because I think there might actually be a very, very good debate in there about um, why these didn't like them and why he liked them. If you, if you do want to listen to that, let us know. But I, I will try and get that set up because... Uh, I, I liked episode three. There you go. So see, see, there's a bit of mix here. You know, we could, there's someone in the middle. Joe hates them. Jessa loves them. So we could have a really good debate. But we'll, we'll try and get that done maybe closer to when the, you know, the next Star Wars that or even uh, just do a special one in between. But uh, I am sure Star Wars coverage will be healthy on AI Movie Night going forward. Jessa will be back with his debut show. If you haven't heard him already, he was on the Underbox podcast. He's been in a few Game of Thrones pods with me. He watches movies all the time. So make sure you give him a follow as well at Jessa TV. Um, and yeah, thank you two again. Movie Night will be back and a little bit regular, I think, with uh, with Jessel. So, hope you enjoy it. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special moms in your life. In what better way than with Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets, perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their Golden Glow Body Set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for silky, smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow and Go Facial Set has everything she needs to achieve spa-level results at home. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. For a limited time, you can save up to $48 on Osea's sets, plus get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. Pamper the moms in your life and get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code mom.